Welcome to the Infinite Living Project with me, your host, Dr. Ryan Cleland. From exercise, nutrition, functional and regenerative medicine, supplementation, testing, and so much more, we bring you all things health in a real, raw, no-nonsense approach to getting and staying healthy. So let's get started. Hey, everybody out there. This is Dr. Ryan Cleland, and we're going to go ahead and jump right in today. We are going to talk about carpal tunnel syndrome and just numbness and tingling of the hands in general. So a lot of folks out there, they think they get this carpal tunnel when their hands are numb, and you have to understand what that even means. So I'm going to break this down. So you have five fingers on your hand. So look at your hand right now. You have five fingers. So if you have carpal tunnel syndrome, the fingers that should be numb and the only fingers that should be numb are going to be your thumb, your pointer, and your middle finger. All right. If the other two fingers on your hand are numb, you this may not be carpal tunnel syndrome. Now, I'm not going to say it's 100% not, but it probably isn't if it all came on or it all comes on at the same time. And the reason being is because of what nerves actually work on what fingers. So the thumb, your pointer, and your middle finger are all done by the median nerve, whereas your ring finger and your pinky finger are all done by the ulnar nerve. And so if you have all five fingers, then you can obviously see where the median nerve and the ulnar nerve are playing a role. And if that's the case, the ulnar nerve does not go through the carpal tunnel. So if you're going to go in there and you say, hey, cut my carpal tunnel, that, and you have numbness in your entire hand, you probably won't see won't see the results that you want to see. Also, too, what a lot of folks are seeing, even when they do get that surgery, the scar tissue ends up causing carpal tunnel again. And so there's a lot of different options that you can do. I mean, you can do anything from, um, because well, let's back up. So not only can the carpal tunnel be an issue, but also if you look at some folks' hands or look at your hands. So let's say you have carpal tunnel or you don't want to have carpal tunnel and you're afraid you're going to get it. So one big thing that I always do when I look at someone's hand is look at their thumb. So if their thumb, your hand should be flat. When you open up your hand, it should be perfectly flat or even extended to, to a point where your thumb and your fingers are actually posterior to your to the palm of your hand. Okay. So the reason that this is important is because your hand should be able to open up wide. Because you, if you can imagine that median and old arm nerve flows right up through the palm of that hand and starts to innervate all your fingers. So what happens is over time, that thumb will start to basically start to cave in on that palm. The main reason, at least in my opinion, is a couple things. One, your that bone starts the... Uh, the phenar, the, the bone that actually is attached to the thumb that goes down to the wrist starts to become arthritic. So it starts to tighten up. Also, too, because we've been using our hands and gripping so much, what happens is that muscle, that phenar muscle that uh, is right there by the thumb, the pad of the thumb basically in the palm of your hand, it gets so hypertonic and so tight that it will actually pull your thumb joint over. And so you can end up where your thumb is actually almost in the sitting in the palm of your hand and you can't open that up. Well, what do you think is going to happen if that thumb is basically firing and it's tightening up over the palm of your hand? It's going to cause potential nerve entrapment in there, right? And so 
for one thing, you need to make sure that your thumb is open. And if it's not, what you can do and what you need to do is you need to basically use your other hand if you can, and you need to massage that muscle. You need to start working that muscle. Use the palm of, you've got to get that thumb to open up. You've got to have that hand open up. If not, you're, you may be screwed already, and so you just got to take your time. You got to start working that thing. All right, so that's one. All right, that's one of many, but we're going to talk about a few. That's a big one because, again, a lot of people, as you see as they age, that thumb starts coming coming over. Then let's move up the hand. Then we have the carpal tunnel. Potentially is an issue. A lot of times it's not, but potentially it is. So, And then also, too, you have when you have that, you also can look up in the forearm where you have all those muscles, right? You're going to have your extensors and your flexors, your wrist extensors and your wrist flexors. The reason – so what can you do for this? One, you can do some flossing. So what I mean by that is basically you're going to take your, your hand, this is going to help that nerve root all the way up to the neck, is where you take that hand, extend the arm, extend the hand, and then you almost, then you look away. You actually physically look away from your arm while you're extending your hand and your arm, and I'm actually doing it so if the sound is screwed up, that's why. But what you're doing is you're stretching the median and ulnar nerve and opening up that, because a nerve should slide freely through from where it starts to all the way to where it goes. Okay, and so, but what we can get are entrapments. So you can get entrapments in your forearm muscles. If you overuse your forearms a lot, those can scar up. Those can become extremely hypertonic and start to squeeze and pinch off that nerve supply. Okay, also too in your elbow, there's different um, entrapment points right around the elbow that can cause problems. And then also in the insertion of the muscles around it. So, you know, on the the ulnar nerve, you can get some uh, issues right in the insertion of the trap, or I'm sorry, of the tricep. And so a lot of times if we work that and we get that tricep to elongate, it'll help to uh, free up that ulnar nerve as well. Um, also, too, in the pec, so in your shoulder, right where your pec crosses over to the front of your shoulder, this can be an issue. So I always talk about shoulder health, but this is also really big because if your shoulder's being pulled forward by a tight pec major or minor, what's really happening potentially is you're pinching that nerve and blood supply off to your arm and hand. And so make sure those shoulders are open and in a neutral position. All right. If they're starting to roll forward because you're over strong or you're weak in the posterior chain, um, this can cause entrapments of that nerve, end up causing what seems like carpal tunnel. You get your carpal tunnel cut, and meanwhile, you're not doing anything. So this is a sign also they, can, they call this TOS sometimes, thoracic outlet syndrome. But again, this is big. I mean, if, you get, if you're getting it in that pec, you open that pec up, do some doorway stretches, do things that are going to open that shoulder up. Also, to strengthen that posterior shoulder, so external rotation exercises, rowing exercises, things like that to help to get that shoulder in a neutral and in the proper position. And then also, too, you got to go, and then once we move up from the pec major and pec minor, then we start looking also, I mean, they have the first rib issue, but, you know, in all honesty, if you're getting this later in life, you've always had a first rib. So why is it now all of a sudden an issue and you're going to get it cut out? So, again, I'm not saying it's never the option, but... If you don't have to cut out your rib, that's probably a good thing because, I mean, God gave you that rib for a reason. But ultimately, what you could also look at is the scalene muscles. Now, the scalenes are attached to the neck. They're deep neck flexor muscles, and they're also attached down to your upper anterior shoulder, like your first rib, like we were just talking about, first and second rib, I believe. Um, pardon my uh, anatomical uh, 
forgetfulness. But man, I tell you, so many times these folks they uh, they have tightness in their scalings because it's hard for us as adults to relax. And so when we can't relax, we tighten up our shoulders just a little bit when we're on the computer. Uh, a lot of females, when you're carrying uh, purses, etc., when you put that weight across your shoulder, your shoulder automatically um, engages. Automatically, that weight will cause it to fire and just hold it up. Just to, Even if it's a millimeter, you're still firing that muscle. And when you fire it for long periods of time, that muscle is going to build up. It's going to become very tight. So you can put your finger behind your clavicle and dip your head towards that finger and then lean your head away while your finger's back behind that clavicle and that can stretch out those scales. Sorry about that if you heard that ring. But um, so that's that. And then also too, obviously the cervical spine is could be playing a role. Um, does this mean automatically that you need to have surgery? Absolutely not. Does this mean you should go to a chiropractor or someone that thinks at least similarly to that, to where that is not the first thing that they do is cut on somebody. They're not first thing they're going to do is put steroids in there and weaken the, the tissue and the bone, etc. You need to go make sure that everything's moving properly because inflammation will will basically build around non-mobile joints. So if your joints are not moving properly, maybe because your scalings are locked up, maybe because you were in accidents and thing, and you have scar tissue built around there. Who knows? But you need to make sure that cervical spine is moving properly. Make Even if you have disc bulges, disc bulges do not, or herniations, do not automatically mean, one, that it's going to cause a nerve problem, two, that it's going to be painful, and three, that it needs to be addressed in a surgical or a drug fashion. That is not the case. I'm not saying it's never the case, but it is never the first way I would go, ever, without a doubt. So... Again, and I don't care if you come to me for, as a as a patient or go to the person right next door to me. I don't care, but do not go and look and try to figure out if you're missing corticosteroids in your neck and that's why your that nerve is hurting. That's not the case. So we need to make sure it's moving. We need to make sure that everything in there is is doing what it needs to do because all our disc herniation or all are you know you can get enough arthritis in there that it can start to cause interference and consistent interference. I'm not saying never, but I am saying even if you have arthritis or disc bulging, that does not automatically determine whether or not you need uh, significant medical intervention, all right? And then also, too, one thing that a lot of people don't realize, and honestly, I never even I never even understood this until I got into practice and started actually working on people on a regular basis. You can actually have, you could have degenerative change in your neck, disc bulging, everything, all the stuff that I just talked about, but that not be the problem. Sometimes, and a lot of times now, what I'm seeing a lot of times with the folks with numbness and tingling in their hands and arms, is what they're actually having is they're actually have a trigger point r around the shoulder blade, around that scapula. And so, and why does that happen? Well, because most people's shoulders don't move the way that they should. And so if your shoulder doesn't move the way that it should, or if you put it in a bad position for long enough, you're going to get trigger points around that scapula in your rhomboids, um, in your thoracic extensors, etc. And so those muscles can become basically inflamed and they start to seize up. You get these massive trigger points and they'll actually cause ridiculous pain, basically that nerve pain down the arm, mimicking cervi you know, like cervical radiculopathy, et cetera, where you, know, you think it's like a disc shooting pain down the arm, et cetera. And it's not. 
it's actually a trigger point around the shoulder blade or scapula that is causing radiating pain down the arm. Now, these trigger points, again, can be caused by, and I would say usually by an aberrant scapula because the shoulder blade's just not moving properly, or your shoulders are just misaligned all the time. Or it could be some cervical, um, basically your neck has uh, referral patterns and you can get trigger points down through that medial part of the thoracic spine right in between the shoulder blades from disc and uh, facet issues. Basically, your body will refer pain down into those shoulder blades. So just some things to know about. I know there's a lot of information there, but the big, big picture is one, don't think because you have that that you are an automatic surgical candidate because, again, how the pain pattern is really can help determine where the problem is. But you got to remember the median and the ulnar nerve do not become different right above the wrist. They actually, they actually spread apart right around, right before the shoulder get like right before it gets to the deltoid. So you could have that median nerve entrapment right in the pec or in the bicep or anywhere down from there. So that's what you have to be careful of just thinking, well, yeah, that's what it is because I can't tell you, I mean, it seems like carpal tunnel surgeries are about as successful as back surgeries, which basically is little to none. And it's because a lot, you know, most of the time it's not a carpal tunnel issue. It's, um, it's more of a restricted issue somewhere else up and up and down that chain along that median and ulnar nerve. So I hope this helps just give you a bigger, uh, I don't know, just a bigger idea of this, how complex this is. But also, too, it doesn't have to be always – I just hate when people just rush into, well, I have to have this. This is what I have, so it's surgery because I've had a lot of people that have had surgery and I wish that they would have came to me first because we and, – and I'm – you know, and there's a lot of people out there that know this information. And if they don't, then shame on them. They shouldn't be treating musculoskeletal issues. So I hope this is good information for you. I hope this helps uh, you or someone that you love. And uh, please share this. You know, sharing this is the best way that we can help to prevent an unnecessary surgery and uh, just help people do what they want and love life and um, fulfill whatever it is they want to fulfill in their world. So have a great day. God bless you all. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Stay tuned. This episode of the Infinite Living Project has ended, but be sure to subscribe to hear the latest and greatest health and wellness information on the face of the earth. And please don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you and your family the best health content available. And one last request, please, if you know other people out there that are eager to learn and eager to hear just great quality health information, please share this podcast with the people that you love and care about. God bless and have a great day. The products and services and the claims made about specific products and services on or through the site have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. The information provided on this podcast, a website, or any other media of Dr. Ryan Cleland is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional or any information contained on or in any product label or packaging. You should not use this information on this podcast or any other media of Dr. Ryan Cleland for diagnosis or treatment or any health problem or for prescription or any medication or other treatment. You should consult with a healthcare professional before starting any diet, exercise, or supplementation program, before taking any medication, or if you have or suspect you may have a health problem. 
Statements regarding dietary supplements, lab testing, medications, and or medical procedures have not been evaluated by the FDA and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or health condition.